Hello and welcome to episode 141 of AvTalk. I am Ian Pechnik here in Stockholm in person. With? Wow, Jason Rabinowitz, hi. Hello, Jason. We have to make eye contact and like <laughs> look at each other. It's weird. Normally, we just stare at pictures of each other. I, I turn my screen. monitor black and I just look into the void. I mean, that seems like it's, I think that says more about you than it does about me, I hope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, good. Happy International Civil Aviation Day. Good oh, start. thank you. We're celebrating by being in the office of your employer. Indeed, indeed. We are in the Flight Radar 24 office in Stockholm, Sweden. It is very cold here. It's negative 12 at the moment. Which in uh, American degree units is 14 right now. It's Wow, it's high. Look at that. Yeah, yeah down to two tonight. It's been an adventure walking around the city. Yeah. Uh, it's been quite cold, but it's been a good trip so far. We both made it here. We did. You made it here and then almost weren't let in because someone can't follow the rules, Jason. I follow the rules to a T. Uh-huh. To a T. Should we get into that, I guess? Our sure. travel here. Okay. So this is act, I think, for both of us, our first international no. trips. No? No, because I, I was, remember I went to the Airbus Summit in September. Oh, that's uh, September. right. Yeah, yeah. So this is my first international trip in the COVID era, I guess. I flew SAS nonstop from Newark to Orlando, and Ian, you did not. I did not. What did you do? I flew, so the nonstop from Chicago to Stockholm has been removed from the system until I think next week when it comes back into the system. But I flew uh, Chicago, Copenhagen, Copenhagen, Stockholm. Nice. Yes. So I flew um, SAS, booked premium economy, upgraded using their upgrade bidding system thing to business class, which was fine. So it's been interesting traveling for the first time internationally with all of the new ridiculous restrictions that seemingly change by the moment and without notice, especially the UK these days seems like it's kind of a nightmare. But for Stockholm, when we booked this trip, I would not have been allowed to enter the country on that nonstop flight. But as the US opened, Sweden reciprocated basically yep. and changed the rules that, okay, we love America. You can come in as long as you're vaccinated because we have very close relation. That's literally what they said. Literally what the thing said. Yep. It wrote like a middle school book report about international relations. Do you like me? Circle yes or no. Check here for yes. <laughs> it was actually quite like that. But SAS had a travel ready center. Anyone who's flown United in the last 12 years. 13 months, we'll notice that, I guess it's a Star Alliance thing now, where you upload the documentation you need to enter your destination country. And great, I submitted my vaccination card on the SAS portal a day or two later, they replied saying, great, we reviewed it, you're ready to go. That should have been the end of that. So I checked in, it wouldn't issue my boarding pass, it said do it at a kiosk or print it out on the website. Neither of which worked. So I went to the full service check-in desk and I was very early, so there was no line. And they looked at the picture of my vaccine card on my phone and said, okay, you're good to go. So flash forward like nine hours later, there's no line for immigration or anything at Stockholm, but they request proof of vaccination, which is not really how that typically works. It's typically done by the airline from everything I understand that the airline checks your documentation before you fly otherwise they don't let you fly. I did not bring my physical paper CDC vaccination card because 
A, that thing is ridiculous and stupid, easily faked, and is not verifiable in any way. I've only ever used the digital proof of vaccination, either from the state of New York or an iOS health, or literally just the photo of the vaccination card. And B, I don't want to take it anywhere because if I lose it, I'm never getting another one. There's no real mechanism in place to do that in a lot of jurisdictions. So some back and forth with the customs agent later, and she uh, accepted my photo of the paper CTC card and said, please leave. <laughs> please go into the country. Please just do your thing. So, and in a quirk of rules. Which is even more ridiculous. Which is even more ridiculous than what Jason had to go through. I didn't have to show anything. Even though you were an American entering Sweden. Entering Sweden. Because I connected in to Copenhagen. So because I was a transit passenger in Copenhagen. Which doesn't require proof of anything. It did not require proof of anything because I was leaving within 24 hours. And as a transit passenger, you don't need to prove anything as long as you promise to leave as quickly as possible. And I did. So arriving in Sweden from a Nordic country requires no proof of anything. The system seems broken. <laughs> I mean, if... The customs agent hadn't accepted my proof of vaccination. I guess the worst—not the worst, but one solution would have been SAS could have flown me to Copenhagen, correct? And I would have immediately turned around and flown back to Stockholm on a Nordic region flight. And because and I you were a connecting right passenger, that is so stupid. I mean, that's them's is the rules. The rules make no sense. And so the, the day before we left, the rules changed. Or the day before you left. For re-entry. For re-entry into, into the U.S. So now instead of a three-day, three-calendar-day window to get a test to return to the U.S., we now have a one-calendar-day window. And that is, okay, fine, whatever. I'm glad it's calendar day and not 24 hours or 72 hours because that's Which would be virtually impossible for some people. If it was right, especially hours. if you're flying late at night. Yeah. You know what COVID testing center is is open late at night and has a fast enough turnaround in the next morning. Yeah, but this was easy. SAS had a, some a portal with suggested sites to go to in Stockholm and throughout Sweden. I registered, paid my thirty three dollars, went to get the test. I had the results twenty minutes later. I guess I had to print out the information and I will show it at check in at the counter at the airport, and that's that. No, it's not that. Because you didn't know about the form that you had to sign. They will provide that form. Yes, but have. now that you've signed it already, you're ready to go. You can just, just go right there. Great. But yeah, so the attestation form uh -huh. is always a good uh, – And I'm flying form. home via Copenhagen because the Stockholm-Newark flight <laughs> is not quite daily as of right now. So I'm doing the reverse of what you did. Enjoy. Thank you. So other than – Chit-chatting about how we got to Stockholm. The whole reason that Jason and I are here is to celebrate the year that has been. Two uh, years. For the, for the company. Yeah, two years, the past two years that for the has been with the company sees some people we haven't seen. Well, some ever. We've hired a whole bunch of new people and we're working on a bunch of great stuff. But first, we have to do the news. And of course, one of the most important pieces of aviation news that has come out all year came out as soon as we have recorded last week's episode. Because that's what happens. Some may say we're responsible for that news coming out. It wouldn't happen unless we recorded just before. That's true. True. I will take that credit. Yeah. I'll take it. So what happened was the Chinese Civil Aviation Authority issued their airworthiness directive that puts the 737 MAX back into service. So the 737 MAX isn't flying yet. 
it's not active with any Chinese airlines. They haven't flown yet. But Chinese airlines now have the regulatory scheme that they need to put the aircraft back into service probably by the end of the month, early next month. Yeah. I wonder though how much flight training the Chinese crews will have to go through since that's a part of the requirements that right. they'll have to go through actual was it level D simulator training now. I wonder how long it's actually going to take to get those crews back into full swing because it's China has the largest number of 7.3 Maxes in the world. So that's a very large set of crews to get in the simulators and get flying again. I don't know how long it'll take. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter these days because flights in that region are still down quite significantly. So you don't need it. A huge number. You just need a critical mass to get them right back in the to, to get it back in. Which also service. is relevant. They're not in the schedule. It's not like American United in the U.S. or even Air Canada, other countries where they prospectively put the max back in the schedule weeks or months ahead of time. No Chinese airline has actually reinserted the max into the schedule. So it may happen on a snap decision. It might just be subbed in one day. But as of now, there's still no date or speculative date for when that will happen. Right. So we keep watching to see when they actually come back. But this is, I mean, this is the last piece of the puzzle, really, as far as Boeing's concerned about getting the Max back into service. China was the, I mean, like we've talked about, you know, I don't know how many times, but China was the big piece of the puzzle as far as getting the Max back into service. And now it seems that they've decided that they're moving forward. Last one's Russia. Yeah, we haven't. I mean, that, heard, that, I mean now we're we're back and, to like where we were with China. We haven't heard yeah, anything, right? And that's more of an airspace issue. Yeah, that's, than, a, that's a huge a issue. Operator or a sales, a Boeing sales perspective, but it'll come soon. Maybe will it one day? Maybe I don't know. We'll see. But the China thing's huge. You know, Boeing's cash cow, one of them, and now they can finally start delivering planes again. Yeah, how many? Hundreds, hundreds of aircraft are there sitting out in, in Moses Lake yep. and all sorts of other boneyards, or maybe not boneyards, but dry storage, storage yep. facilities. Storage facilities. Have, yep. That is a lot of aircraft. I mean, they can't just simply deliver them. They have to make modifications to these aircraft and then deliver them. So it, it's going to take a while. But things are moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Things are looking up. Let's see. What else should we talk about here at the end of the year? We've got it's right there on the monitor. It is right there on the monitor. For once, I know we're looking at the same thing. Oh yeah, we are. How about that? Let's talk about Air Baltics A220, which had both engines shut down when they landed. This happened earlier in the spring. I mean, if and we your now have engines some. are going to shut down anywhere. That's a better place for that to happen. Okay, we'll start with the bright side of yes. this. See? See, I can sometimes see the bright side. Look at you. If you have a double engine failure on the ground is a good place for that to happen. I mean, that's if it's going to happen, that's where you but want we'll, to happen, We'll get to why it's not an ideal place for that to happen. Well, I don't think Nowhere is really an ideal I mean, it would be fine at the gate, but this particular phase of flight was not great. Yeah. So what happened? Basically, what was this last year or earlier yeah, this early, year? Very early this year. Yeah, earlier this year, an Air Baltic A220 experienced a double engine. It wasn't even a rollback. It was a complete shutdown, yeah. uncommanded shutdown of both engines um, landing. It has been discovered that there is a particular quark. I guess this would be in the A220's software that if the pilots reduced the throttle from above 80% N1 to idle 
within two seconds. So basically, if they pull back on the throttle too quickly, which doesn't seem all that crazy, it kind of seems like something that would happen on most touchdowns, the computer may kind of blink out and say, this can't be right. This isn't an unexpected engine rollback and something's wrong. And it just shuts down both engines. In this particular case, the Air Baltic A220 was was landing, and if you cut both engines, you lose a majority of your instruments and capabilities, so the aircraft probably didn't have brakes, it didn't have spoilers, it certainly didn't have reverse thrust. So they were able to stop the aircraft, but with severely reduced systems and capabilities on board, thankfully. But that's why it's a, it's a good place for a double engine failure, really, but not an ideal time for it to happen. I mean... Y- Better on the ground than in the sky. Sure. Sure. They were able to stop, but there's a a lot of things that you need to work when you land that are reliant on the engines actually being powered up. Who knew that the engines powered the aircraft? It's weird, right? This is breaking news on this podcast. Yeah, they probably did not have the APU on at that moment. So, yeah. So, the reports have come out now. Standard disclaimer that there will be a link in the show notes for those that want the details. But that is... What happened? And it's good to know that they're working. A very odd thing to make it into production this far along, too, in the life cycle of this aircraft. It's very odd that this wouldn't have been discovered in flight testing or in the years that the aircraft's been in service. But here we are. I guess it is exceptionally rare, but happens. But it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to fix it. So that's good. What do you say we take a real quick break? We'll be right back. Welcome back. And by the magic of editing, we do have, I guess, breaking news to share. Jason, what has happened in the world of aviation in the last 30 seconds? Something that most people probably won't care about, and the other people that do care about it already knew it was going to happen, but the uh, American (laughs) Airlines CEO, Doug Parker, will retire as CEO of American on March 31st, 2022. And very also unsurprisingly, Robert Eisen will succeed him as a CEO. So not exactly shocking news. Broken news. Broken news. You hear to hear first. Sure. You will hear it several days from when it is broken, but we recorded <laughs> it when it was fresh. Other things that are noteworthy, but we're going to get through a quick just to enjoy the fact that they happened. Airbus has assembled or completed the assembly of the first A321 XLR. So structural assembly is done. It's ready to roll off and get some engines. Yeah, and, and it's got a pretty new tail. Find it around. It does have a pretty new tail. It's I like uh, it. got a very worldwide theme on it. It's almost like they're promoting the fact that the aircraft can fly very, very far. Yeah, let's see. Who did I see on it? What countries were there? There was at least, I think, Times Square. I saw London. Paris was on there. Who yeah. else? Is that Kuala Lumpur right there? That is indeed. Yes. That is Sydney, That's Australia. Sydney, Australia. That looks like, that looks uh, like India. That's a Taj, Taj Mahal. Mahal. Yeah. Oh, Statue of Liberty. Rome. Rome. The yeah. Coliseum. It'll fly right into the Coliseum's courtyard right there. Now that, land. It's yeah. a, is it a, is a new it a airport VTOL? in Rome? Is the yeah. A321XL VTOL? That would be interesting. And whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Uh, you got me. Oh, That's something. the Great Wall of China, I think. Sure. Taken on the wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. I'll go with it. I'll go with it. So that looks nice. So look for that wherever A321XLR flight testing may occur in the future. Maybe in one of those cities. Probably mm, all of them. Interesting. 
So keep that in mind and look out for that. And let's see, we can end the show, I think, by saying that the FAA has issued more airworthiness directives for the 787. And these are finalized airworthiness directives for issues that Boeing has already told 787 operators to be on the lookout for and to correct via service bulletins. But the FAA said, we're going to make them airworthiness directives because it's really important and you guys should make sure you're doing all this and get them fixed. And then they said, okay. And that was that. It has been how many days since the last 787 delivery? So... I got yelled at by oh. somebody on the internet that That's never said, no, it's not, that said, I, I said it had been almost 11 months since the 787 delivery. And they said, no, one went home very recently. And so I looked into that to see if, in fact, that was the case. What had happened is the lessors had taken delivery into storage. So it was aircraft. already delivered from Boeing. It was so delivered from Boeing in into storage. And then Korean Air took delivery of it from storage. So this was pre-current delivery prevention 787 And, and as far as the books are concerned, that aircraft had already been delivered. Right. It did make it to an airline, but it, it was delivered. It was delivered. No longer Boeing's problem. Right. So this was a separate thing. And then there were a few that Boeing had put into storage for Turkish, but they had been in storage for almost a year before they finally went home. So again, previous builds not susceptible to the same problems that are currently preventing 787s from being delivered. So it has been almost a year since Boeing sent a 787 home with, with a customer. It doesn't seem like that's from changing anytime soon. Does no, it? but they're on the road to fixing the issues, they say, and hopefully they figure out exactly what those are and, and how to fix them sooner rather than later so that they can continue sending more airplanes to their customers. Sure. Because I know airlines are getting a little anxious. Yeah, and they need that money. And Boeing needs that money. Yes. It's true. Well, we are going to say goodbye from Stockholm for now. Bye. Jason's going to hop a plane two, back home. In fact. Jason's going to hop two planes back home, one after the other. I was going to say one on top of the other, but that wouldn't... That'd be weird. Yeah, it would be weird. New way to connect flights. And then we'll catch up next week 